welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrell, with my co-host Jordan Mackey, aka J Mac, and Jordan Lopez on another episode. Um, just about under twenty out twenty four hours um, since the Denver Broncos suffered their greatest loss in franchise history. Um, obviously, about twenty hours removed. Um, a lot of the emotions are kind of gone. We're still still there. I mean, we're still upset about the loss. Um, but we're on today's episode, um, as we alluded late in last night's episode, that we have a really interesting topic to talk about. As you guys can tell from the title of the episode, we are going to be analyzing George Payton's entire tenure as the GM of the Denver Broncos and kind of questioning, should he be I mean, he's, he's on the hot seat right now. I think we can all agree on that. But should he be let go? And has he has he failed Broncos country up to this point? I know it's been a big conversation brought up on social media, but more particularly on Twitter the last 24 hours. And When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, even the last two weeks as a, as a whole. And so we're going to go over all that on today's episode, go over all his draft classes, all his trades he's made, all his, um, you know, the players that he's let walk, all the, uh, the you know, draft, you know, like I said, draft classes, free agent classes, all of that on today's episode. Um, before we go and jump into uh, today's very uh, controversial um, episode, it's going to be a fun one. J-Mac, Jordan, how are you guys doing? I'm doing okay. Got up this morning and uh, saw some of the, just beautiful takes by our great analysts um, all over TV today. I mean, just absolutely beautiful. I can't really complain, man. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm same with J-Mag. I woke up trying to see if uh, Vance Joseph got fired as soon as I woke up, and he did not. And then as soon as I did saw that, of course, I got a lot of notifications about how Russell Wilson did a poor job of playing linebacker yeah. uh, yesterday. <laughs> And you know, it's still it's still running through me. So so yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, and uh, just real quick, you know, apparently to some people, like you know, the Broncos needed to score seventy one, and that's the reason that we lost this game. You know, Russell Wilson, you know, he he had to put up seventy one points for us to win. If 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 the Dolphins can score seventy, doesn't mean that you can't. So you know. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that we're actually having to hear these takes and hear these from professionals who are literally getting paid a lot, a lot of money to not even watch football games. It's kind of ridiculous. But um, aside from the point, you guys are watching this episode because we actually do watch uh, football. And we actually do watch film and we actually do pay attention to a football team. Unra- unlike a lot of people who just immediately put it on the two biggest figures of the team in Champagne and Russell Wilson, we're going to dive in to everything that George Payton has done from the time he has been hired in January of 2021, starting off with his free agent additions and trades. Um, you know, obviously the first big one, not it wasn't even a huge one, but the Broncos needed to make a change at quarterback and bring in some competition with Drew Locke, who John Elway did draft in the second round um, we traded up for, um, you know, in previous years, 2019. So, um, George Payton went ahead and traded a 2021 sixth-round pick for quarterback Teddy Bridgewater to bring in some more competition, which he all we all know he ended up winning that job, took it over for the season. The Broncos, um, you know, ended up going seven and ten on the year. Um, so, some even more uh, free agent moves. Um, he re-signed safety Kareem Jackson to a one-year, four million dollar deal. Um, he brought in cornerback Kyle Fuller on a one-year, nine million dollar deal. Looking in hindsight, that's very interesting the numbers that were thrown into that. I know at the time you so relatively solid, I guess. Um, but when he came to the the Broncos and reunited with Vic Fangio, you could tell definitely tell that his career was over at that point. Um, and uh, one of the more you know ones that we definitely agree with and was a, a definitely kind of like a I guess we could say a masterclass move by George Payton was uh, extending Justin Simmons to a four year sixty one million dollar deal. We all know at the time he deserved that. That was a no brainer move. Any GM could have made that move. So we can't really like praise George Payton for that because anybody in their right mind, I mean, you could literally list the, the worst. GM in football, and he probably would have made that move as well. So it was an easy decision. Um, so he also brought in cornerback Ronald Darby on a three-year, $30 million deal, um, which all of these are so far, by the way, moves for the secondary, um, moves of which that weren't really 
you know, focused on this offseason in 2023. But aside from the point, um, he also re-signed defensive end Shelby Harris to a three-year $27 million deal that year. Um, and also for the last move, he signed running back Mike Boone to a two-year $2.6 million deal. Um, so looking in hindsight, how are you guys feeling about uh, his 2021 draft class? What would you grade it? And or not? Excuse me, draft class. We're gonna get to draft class in a second. But what what are you looking at uh, in hindsight? And how would you grade that free agent class? I'm um, looking back on his uh, his rookie year as a GM. I mean, when he first got to Denver, I didn't know what to expect. He wasn't the guy that I wanted. Um, but I think he came in pretty strong. I mean, just at the time, knowing like you know, we kind of knew that like what we needed. Um, he got a secondary help. That was a strong he, – he re-signed some of the strongest units on the defense. The offense, I mean, offense kind of is what it is. Um, we knew that we there, – there wasn't any really top quarterbacks you could have made a move for at the time. Everybody was pretty much locked in. I mean, you could have got one in the draft, but he felt like, you know, Teddy Bridgewater was the way to go. Um, we didn't really have to give up much for him. And, it like, at the time, it didn't seem bad. Like, it wasn't a bad I, – I, I still don't think it was that bad. Um it was, I mean, a few signings there, like the Kyle Fuller one is was was like looking like looking back on it, it was a good signing. You know, he, the Vangio scheme, dude was a pro bowler, like it was a surprise cut for even Bears fans to, to swallow. So that was good getting him over here. Darby was good, re-signing, like you said, Simmons and re signing Simmons and Shelby Harris was those are no brainers. Like those are just those guys are playing at an all-time high level. And yeah, I mean, that's I mean, the offseason was pretty good. Yeah, I, I like that free agent class. I mean, that Kyle Fuller signing was more of a, uh, you know, thing towards Angio and his defense. And, uh, you know, George Payton is a GM more tailored towards head coach. He's going to give him anything he wants and try to do his best to best fit his his uh, head coach and what he wants. So at the time for Vic Fangio, that was the best case for our team. And that free agent class was good. There was, you know, no worries about it at the time. And looking back on it now, Kyle Fuller, of course, did not have, you know, the greatest uh, tenure as a Bronco, but at the time, mm -hmm. there was something Fangio wanted, and he got it. Um, so let's move ahead to one of the more impressive stretches by George Payton as the Broncos GM. Um, is his 2021 NFL draft class. He selected 10 players total um, through those three days of the draft. Starting off with his first-round pick, absolutely nailed it. Couldn't have gone with a, a better option there. Uh, quarterback Patrick Sertan, the second. And then in round two, he trades up for running back Javante Williams, my pookie bear. Um, and, then, and, then round, and then round three, uh, he uh, trades back for right guard Quinn Miners, who is playing such, such, such. I mean, I, I can't say it enough. He is playing such good football right now. Like he is being I think in, after the first two weeks of the season, um, he was the uh, highest rated or the second highest rated guard in the entire NFL. So, I mean, this looks like a home. The fact that he traded back for Quinn Miners. Absolute masterclass move by George Payne. I, this this draft as a whole, you can it can be have some controversies and whatever and some disagreements, but so far those three picks, really really good uh, solid you know draft picks. Um, then his second third round pick, he also traded back for outside linebacker Baron Browning, who I still have a lot of hope for. Um, the injuries are really concerning me, however, but I think Baron Browning, besides like honestly. I still think he's a better pass rusher than Jonathan Cooper. People can disagree with that. I think he's better than Jonathan Cooper. Um, I know J-Mac probably uh, disagrees with that. Maybe, oh, he doesn't. Yeah, I think Bear, I would say Baron Browning. Um, I, I'm really high on him. I just I need to see him out there. The availability is a big thing. So I can't say that this like draft pick is absolutely nailed so far. Um, but then the round five, uh, he selects two safeties and Caden Stearns and Jamar Johnson back to back. Uh, round six, he selects wide receiver Seth Williams, who is now on the Jaguars practice squad. And then he had three seventh round picks. And we can't really judge him too much for this. Um, but that first one was Kerry Vincent Jr., who is um, not in the NFL anymore. Um, then outside linebacker Jonathan Cooper, we can all agree that was one of his best uh, draft picks as uh, GM of the Broncos. And then his last one was Marquis Spencer, who is also not in the NFL anymore. So how would you guys grade, uh, grade that draft class? Um, I'm, I, you know, me personally, I'm probably giving it like a like an A minus, maybe B plus. Like I, I think it was a really solid uh, draft class overall. I gave it an A because I, he hit on the first three picks. Like, I still think to this day the passer tan pick was a complete off-guard selection. I was not expecting us to take a corner. Just, like, even going, like, 
what we did in the offseason, bringing in Fuller, bringing in uh, Darby, and we still had, like, Callahan and was another guy. I don't, can't really remember who else we had, but I, I was not expecting a corner. I thought we were going to go maybe a quarterback route or something, or Michael Parsons was talked about going to Denver a lot. But um, safe to say he really hit on the Sertan pick, the best corner in the league. Not mad at that at all. Um, then he went Javante. I was surprised that I was kind of surprised. I mean, we let Philip Lindsay go. Um, we didn't really have a. We only had Melvin Gordon for the love of God. But Javante came. Um, Quinn Miners he hit. I mean, I I I would give it an A. I think Baron Browning, just the injury bug. Caden Stearns, like those are good picks, but just the injury bug. Uh, and then he got the steal with Jonathan Cooper late in the seventh round. So all in all, I gave it an A. I give it an A too. That Patrick Sertan pick over Justin Fields is, I think we can look about it, look back at it now, the best move for our organization because uh, who knows where we'd be at if we had Justin Fields at this point. And uh, I mean, he drafted five starters that are starting for us right now. So I mean, not a lot of GMs and teams have done yeah. that with the draft. So I'd give it an A. I think that Baron Brownie pick is still good. It's football. Everyone's everyone's gonna get hurt. I know some guys are more injury prone than others, but the talent is there with Baron Browning. He just got some unfortunate luck. Uh, you can say the same thing with Caden Stearns, even though he just suffered his first major injury with the Broncos. But um, that Jonathan Cooper pick, good. I mean, he he really excelled in this draft. Yeah, um, I was gonna say really quick, like we were like I think the second guy on the board we had was Michael Parsons. So even if we didn't go certain, either way, it was gonna be a hell of a pick. Yeah. George Payton. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I, I gave it. I mean, I, I look now I'm thinking about it, I want to give it an A plus because Jordan brought up a good point. Most of those guys were starters on the team and like really, really good. But I'm starting right now. <laughs> They're still yeah. starting right now. Yeah, still starting right now. So, but I, I'm, I'm gonna keep it at an A because he did miss on, he did miss on some. So I think the biggest like thing that threw off people with the passer tan pick was the fact that we just signed Dar Darby to a three-year 30 million dollar deal that definitely threw off people a little bit and then you mentioned Bryce Callahan um so they, they already have some uh, solid um you know players in that secondary but looking at hindsight man that was one of the most you know smartest moves he made um and then you Jordan you mentioned that he actually does have a history with um passer tans uh he actually does have a, a history with the legendary Patrick Sertan um, so uh, it kind of came. It was a kind of like an all full circle moment. He kind he, he had to trade uh, Pastor Tan to the, the Chiefs after he requested a trade. So he uh, he didn't want to me mess it up this time, um, and he uh, ended up drafting his son. But now uh, his his father, who he um, did trade, is now advocating um, for. He's not advocating for it. Um, he's just like kind of really you know pissed off at Vance Joseph and the defensive staff. But <laughs> I mean. If we're if we're being honest, if this losing continues, there's no way PS2 stays here. Like, he, there's no way PS2 is just gonna stay on this team playing really good, like good football, but like just never having a chance at a ring. So, um, hopefully we can we can change it. Um, you know, from here on out, and that's exactly why we're on today's episode evaluating George Payton because that's where it starts is the general manager position. Um, but. Yeah, for me, I would rate it a A minus in that draft. A really solid class overall, like you guys mentioned, multiple starters. Um, and then the 2021 trade line, uh, he made one of his biggest controversial moves as Broncos GM, trading away um, legendary Broncos player, probably the greatest, um, besides John Elway, probably the greatest player in Denver Broncos history, Vaughn Miller to the Los Angeles Rams for a 2022 second and third round picks. Um, what are your guys' thoughts about this? You know, two years later, I can't believe it's already been like two years, but what are you guys' thoughts about this? I mean, the fact that they got a second and third is pretty impressive, but at the same time, I mean, that's Vaughn Miller, and we still have not been able to replace that that presence. I didn't want to see Vaughn go. Nobody did, and I ain't gonna lie, it, it, it really hurt seeing Vaughn go. Like, I almost cried. Like, it was a very, it was a hard day. Just Vaughn made my, I mean, he, my childhood was great because of Vaughn. But, um, Looking back on it, like, I I would say, like, at the time, I thought it was a good move for the team because of just the, the fact of, like, what we got for him. And he was on the last year of his deal, and he was a pass rusher that we didn't know we wanted to pay yet. There's a lot of guys that need to be paid. Um, but at the time, I mean, you look at today's NFL, superstar players are getting traded for fourth-round picks, less, even, like, even less than that, and just complete garbage. You see guys like Stephon Gilmore, especially defensive players, get traded for little to nothing. Um, only if you're like a top receiver, like a Tyreek Hill, are you going for like top capital? 
Like Jalen Ramsey went for a fourth round pick and a third string tight end. Like guys are guys are just get, you know giving away for free with the contract. And I mean the Rams gave up a second and a third round pick to a guy who yeah they won the Super Bowl but he left the following offseason. So at the time I was happy with the compensation that we got for it and like I mean it was a good trade at the time but just now looking at it now um, we haven't replaced Vaughn since he's left in no shape form or fashion we haven't even come close to replacing Vaughn. So, um, but the trade itself, I still think was a good trade for what we got for him, but I still think we should have brought him back in the off season and just gave him the, whatever money plus that we gave Randy, Randy Gregory. So. Yeah. Hindsight looking back, I think I would agree with that part. We should have just brought him back. I thought the trade was good, even though it hurt at the time, especially because it's just Vaughn Miller, but getting a second or third, we knew that we had to get some picks because we wanted to get a, a quarterback. So at the time, we needed the draft capital to kind of you know maneuver some things and get some capital. But of course, moving from Von Miller is always hard. But yeah. I still I still like the trade, even though it's you know it's Miller. But again, I think we can say on the other fact that we should have brought him back when he was a free agent, not just because we trade him. But in terms of the trade, I liked it. Yeah, so I would agree with you guys. Vaughn Miller, obviously one of my favorite players in uh, franchise history. And, you know, looking back in hindsight, like you mentioned, and it was a good move for the team uh, moving forward. Uh, we got from, I mean, we just wouldn't have Russell Wilson and Sean Payne right now if it weren't for that trade. Interesting, interesting, interestingly enough. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I'm not too sure if we would have been able to, like, afford bringing him back, you know, given the money that he was expecting. Um, I don't think we would have been able to. Um, we would have to, you know, cost us a lot more moves than we made. Um, so, you obviously, like you, like we mentioned, he wanted to come back, but um, I won't put that one too much on George Payne. Overall, the way he handled that whole situation, I, I would get, I would say it was, uh, you know, handled the, the the way he he should have handled it. Um, but overall, that season, 20, uh, 2021 record, seven to ten, missed the playoffs multiple years in a row, missing the playoffs. Um, very unfortunate for the Broncos. Um, and that was just his rookie year as GM. So it was kind of like at that point, all right, so year two, can he build off of this great draft class? Can he go back to back? And can he have a good free agent class? Which leads us into 2022, um, not starting it off great. Hiring Nathaniel Hackett as the head coach, signing him to a four-year contract um, with candidates like Mike McDaniel and Kevin O'Connell still on the table, absolutely aggravating. Um, I'm still to this day irked by the fact that they did not even interview Mike McDaniel. I've spoken on it since the day I've started this podcast about how Mike McDaniel was always my favorite candidate for the job. Um, and we just never, never interviewed him. And he wasn't even a candidate at that point. So, um, even though, th even though we're like fine with Sean Payton looking in hindsight, like if we just hired, hired Mike McDaniel, things would have been, you know, maybe a little bit more differently than they are. And we wouldn't have it had to have had as bad and as tough of a road to get to this point, you know, and, I don't know. Just me personally, I'm a, I'm a really big Mike McDaniel guy, one of my favorite head coaches, and I love Sean Payton, and I'm glad that we have him. So, you know, it's not a big thing to be frustrated about, but just, like, looking at that move itself, passing on Mike McDaniel, not even interviewing him and, and thinking it's okay to hire Nathaniel Hackett, that's a major red flag, and that's and that, in my opinion, is his worst move as GM, and that's that was not a good way to start off his second year as uh, the Broncos GM. Yeah, and just he hired him based off the assumption that we were going to get Aaron Rodgers to kind of push the sweet stakes a little bit, and he took a big risk in it, and it, it paid off like a big risk should. Um, it was one of the moves that when he when we hired Hackett, I thought it was a good, you know, I thought anything was better than Bangio just because, you know, how 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 bad I thought we had it with Vic Bangio. Like, let's not get it wrong. Vic Bangio wasn't the best head coach, but – I mean, from what we had with Hackett, Vic Vangio was a godsend. So, yeah, I mean, that wasn't George Payton's best move, but he made it off the assumption of thinking that, that Aaron Rodgers would come here to Denver if we hired Hackett. But it should have just been more based on, you know, not just a shot in the dark. Like, well, maybe we hired this guy, we're going to get Aaron Rodgers. Like, that wasn't concrete. That wasn't just concrete information. He went on a whim with it and was just hoping at that point and should have, like you said, a Kevin a Kevin O'Connell or Mike McDaniel was sitting right there, and you interviewed Kevin O'Connell, I think, because didn't they interview him twice? Yeah, they did. They and, even went I to mean, a hotel. Like, I mean, like, if you see what he's doing with Kirk Cousins, and, I mean, you just have to think that it's just another coaching mishire by the Broncos. Yeah, I'm 
kind of happy that I was always like, you know, in favor of Mike McDaniel, but also it kind of sucks because we never even interviewed him. Uh, so I am happy to impart that I was actually like, I can say that I was right, even though I, I don't like to, you know, say that, but I, I thought Mike McDaniel was a good candidate and it's looking like it's proven to be the fact. I don't know who he would have hired at his DC in Denver, which is obviously right now the talking point with Sean Payne and Vance Joseph. But again, having Mike McDaniel would have, you know, been a lot better than Nathaniel Hackett, especially that we did not get his boy Aaron Rodgers. So a lot of things started to go wrong after Nathaniel Hackett got hired. And who who knows what McDaniel would have done with Russ and who his DC would have been and all that. So yeah, it was that's the first of many coming. Yeah, and starting off with his uh, free agent additions and trade trades uh, in the 2022 offseason. Um, obviously, like we all know, he had that big trade. And um, like even you talking about Mike McDaniel, Russell Wilson, like if we hired Mike McDaniel, I'm not even sure that Russell Wilson would have came to Denver. Like I, I'm not too sure if that's uh, how they went would have went about it. Obviously, that being that huge of a move, obviously starting off 22 off offseason uh george payton sends multiple first and uh multiple first and second round picks for quarterback russell wilson um then the ownership and george payton made a kind of a collaborative decision to extend wilson to a five-year 245 million dollar deal um i'm in like hindsight i'm not sure if russell wilson would have came here like depending on like the head coach and stuff like um it's obviously if Mike McDaniel would have came here, he would have loved to to come here. And I'm not too sure if that would have been a Mike McDaniel situ like decision. It was probably more of like a, a it would be still a George Payton thing, but you gotta wonder. And going off of those uh, free agent moves, they also signed Randy Gregory to a five year, seventy million dollar deal. Um, still a move that I just still kind of uh, scratch my head about. Not the biggest fan of the signing. Um, then, like you guys mentioned, you guys wanted Von Miller. Uh, to come back, which ultimately did not happen. And uh, defensive tackle DJ Jones signed a three-year, $30 million deal. I'm still a fan of that move. Um, I think he's a still a really good player on just like a bad defense. Um, then we re-signed linebacker Josie Jewell to a two-year, $11 million deal. Um, then we signed right tackle Tom Compton to a one-year deal. Kwan Williams to a two-year, $5.2 million deal. Alex Singleton to a one-year, $1.0 million deal. Um, then we re-signed Calvin Anderson to a one-year, $1.5 million deal. Re-signed uh, Kareem Jackson again. And then we, re uh, then we signed right tackle Billy Turner to a one-year, $5 million deal. Um, definitely a, a stinker signing there. More of a Nathaniel Hackett move, so I can't even really blame that on George Payne because a lot of these things are like collaborative decisions between the GM and the coach, so we can't just really put it on George Payton. But some of these decisions are like Randy Gregory. I don't put that at all on Hackett. Like We know that was George Payton's decision. He was hyping that up after the, the signing as well. Everybody talked about how we stole him from the Cowboys, but honestly, we kind of – am I being harsh by saying that we kind of did them a favor? I mean, yeah. they're in a they're in a better spot defensively um, without him and the pieces they have. I mean, look at their defensive line. So, but overall, how are you guys grading that uh, free agent class in twenty twenty two? Well, I think bringing in Russ was still the right move, regardless of what some people say. I think that whatever um, had an argument with dude yesterday was saying like you got it's Russell Wilson's fault that you guys are losing games because of which y'all gave up the picks and everything. And man, any GM would have made the same trade for Russ. I mean. The players, you look at it, the players, Drew Locke, Noah Fan, and Shelby Harris. And with Denver, Noah Fan and Shelby Harris were great players. I mean, I'm not I, – I haven't lost sleep, you know, lose like that they're not on Denver anymore. The picks is – the picks is just the picks, man. I mean, it is what it is. Um, but overall, I still like the move of getting Russ because I feel like anybody would have made that move in their sleep to get a, a guy like Russell Wilson coming to your organization. The Randy Gregory signing, before I, like, bash it, I just want to say it was it was options at the position and Randy Gregory was at the time he was like regarded as a really good edge rusher and in the run game and like you had Chandler Jones and Vaughn and they wanted like you know 16 to 18 and we all know what Vaughn got in Buffalo but it's just the fact like looking back on it like Vaughn was advocating to come back to Denver like was saying I'll take less money to come back to Denver and we didn't even call him things like that. I, I, George Payton just, I mean, he made, like, he made the best decision that he could. Obviously, it didn't turn out well, but, I mean, I, I'm just saying at the time he did make the best decision, but that doesn't mean it was a great decision. Um, 
and everything else from that point was just, I don't know. We were just making these nickel and dime signings. The K1 Williams signing was really good, but all the offensive lineman signings just were just all misses. Terrible. Like they were just bridge signings for an offensive line. If you get a good quarterback, you can't make bridge signings to an offensive line. You can't bring in Tom Compton and Billy Turner and think that that's going to be the answer to solving all of your issues. Um, but I mean, the free agency class, if I had to rate it, I'd probably say, I'll give it like a C, C plus. Interesting. I, I was I was like in that C too, like C minus, just because I think the one that really gets me is the just extending Russ right after, not even playing a game. Yeah. They, they extend him right after. I think that hurts more than anything. But at the end of the day, we did need a quarterback. A lot of fans were asking for Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. I mean, the fans were asking for it, so. It's not like they can't really get mad. They can get mad at the fact that we extended we extended him without even playing. But in terms of trading for him, everyone wanted a quarterback. Like that was the whole thing with Broncos country, and we're one quarterback away. So trading for him was the right decision at the time. Maybe extending him without seeing him play again not the right decision. But again, Nathaniel Hackett obviously being big part of that. Just not good. That's why this uh that time frame right there is just not not good and not bright on uh Peyton's resume. Till this day, we have no like certain clue who made that decision to extend Russell Wilson because we heard a lot of stuff about it being ownership. We heard a lot of stuff about it being George Payne and the ownership. And some people even think it, you know was just like a George Payton thing that he kind of brought up and ownership was fine with it. And obviously they have all the money to make that possible. But, you know, in hindsight, we all can agree that probably wasn't the right decision. But then at the same time, like, you know, a lot of people do agree with that decision, even after what they saw in 2022, because you have to get a head start on the quarterback market. And even if he, let's say he balled out in 2022 for whatever crazy reason, then we would have to even pay him even more money. But I mean, with Nathaniel Hackey, it was never really going to, have a great season we all know that but um in hindsight it has made it very difficult for a lot of the uh, tank for caleb uh, crowd because we do tank for caleb and you know that means we're probably going to likely have to get russell wilson off the books and that's going to cost the broncos a lot of dead cap a lot of dead cap and um they're just kind of not in the spot to do that right now i think i saw that they're like 20 over the cap next year they're just not in a really good spot like in terms of like future with this uh this team it's not looking great and these are decisions made by gm george payton um and then obviously all those those draft picks he traded taking away bullets that he maybe could have used on other you know spots of the team but in hot you know like i said in hindsight you had to get a a quarterback and russell wilson was one of the best options available and i would have still done done it a hundred times over um, but I'm just not too sure how much longer Russ is going to be here with Sean Payton. That's not a Sean. That wasn't a Sean Payton move. He did come here partly because of Russell Wilson. But Sean Payton will do what he believes is the best interests of this franchise. And if you can get a franchise quarterback that brings you good, you know, football for the next ten to fifteen years, rather than a Russell Wilson for the next three years at like the most then I think he may want to go that way. And we all know Sean Payne is going to be here longer than Russell Wilson. So um, that's definitely an interesting debate uh, to talk about in future episodes. Uh, then 2020, 2022 draft class in the second round, um, they draft Nick Benito, who I'm still not the biggest. Uh, I know he's having a great, a pretty solid start of the season, minus the, the Dolphins game, which we can't really put on him. But I'm still not the biggest fan of this pick. I feel like there are other players the Broncos should have got, maybe should have traded down. I'm still not the biggest fan of Nick, uh, this Nick Benito pick. Um, there's even a few other edge rushers I would have preferred. Then round three, they trade down for tight end Greg Dulcich. Um, I mean, he's had some uh, issues with the hamstring, but overall, I know a lot of people were uh, like interested why they picked the tight end in the first place. Like, it's not even a Greg Dulcich thing. They were just curious why we even took a tight end. Um, but he, he's still a solid tight end. Um, as long as he can stay healthy, he'll be um, pretty good for the Broncos, cleaning up those blocking issues. Um, then Damari Mathis in the fourth. Uh, then also Yuma Wazirike, who was indefinitely suspended from the league. So, Instant miss there. Safety, Lauren Turner-Yell, still trying to get down the safety position. I don't see him being much than more just like a special teamer for the Broncos and his, well, however long, much longer he's with the Broncos, um, you know, the remaining two years of his rookie contract. 
then uh, Montreal Washington, who uh, is now on the Chiefs. He had three uh, punt returns with the Chiefs um, yesterday against the Bears. Um, then we, in the fifth round, we have uh, we traded up for interior offensive lineman Luke Wattenberg. Obviously not one of my favorite uh, players on this team. Um, just not has panned out uh, for the Broncos um, on the active roster, surprisingly enough. Um, then six, a six-round pick, defensive end Matt Henningsen, and seventh-rounder cornerback Fayon Hicks, who is a free agent. So how would you guys trade that draft class? It's a total of nine selections. Even though we traded all those picks, I mean, George Payne did some good maneuvering to get more picks, but uh, this looking at the, the guys that we did bring in, I mean, I hate to say it, but this is a horrible class, in my opinion. I gave it a D minus. Um, it was absolutely like looking back on it, just absolutely was just disaster. Um, and it, a lot of that kind of plays a part in it because this was still Hackett, and Hackett was like this is still the same offseason, correct? Like I'm not tripping, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can just kind of see. I mean, just from the offensive selections. Uh, none of those guys should still be on the team. Um, Nick Benito, a lot of people know how I feel about Nick Benito. Um, I know he had a good game. I think it was against the Commanders. But um, mm-hmm. Nick Benito just hasn't lived up to what we thought he could be. We thought it was a steal pick, and Amir hit it on the money. I think we should have traded down or maybe even got some more edge rushers there. Um, Greg Dolchik, I mean, let's just be real. I mean, availability is the best abil- ability, and he just hasn't been that. It's just always the injuries and it's the same injury. And, like, it's just very quick. I mean, if a guy's not going to play, you can't say, like, I mean, it, yeah, it's undecided. Maybe when he comes back healthy, he can be really, really good. But as of now, like, it looks like a bad pick. It looks like you didn't evaluate everything. Like, you didn't evaluate because you, you should have known about the guy's history and his health. I mean, especially if he was already hurt going into the draft. I mean, it's just I, – I, I'm giving it a D-. minus. Especially the, the 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 Luke Wattenberg pick, Lord have mercy. And the uh, Uraza Rike, we all know what he did. Fayon Hicks, we know what happened with him. I mean, it was this, this is just an all time disaster. Poor drafting. You came off so high and you fell so quick. It was just a D plus for me. Just I think the collaborative effort with Hackett and Evro just didn't pan out. And I'm still holding up, you know, some hopes with Benito. I think. If he gets some more snaps, maybe we can see something. Just he was very limited last year, so we didn't see much of him. So hopefully this year he gets some more playing time and we can see a little bit more. But with the rest of the guys in the draft class, doesn't look good. We already know Damari Mathis had an okay year last year, and then this year has not been uh, the best, and that's putting it lightly. And Luke Waterberg, like you said, uh, Amir's favorite draft uh, player, just not good. <laughs> And, and then the rest of the guys. It, yeah, that, that draft class, I think you can blame the majority of it on pain, but you can tell that I think Hackett had a big part of it just because, like, yeah, we saw the video of, like, Greg Dulcich first meeting Nathaniel Hackett, and Hackett was, oh, like, mesmerized God. by his hair more than his playing style. So like, <laughs> it was, like, Hackett had a big part to play with the draft as well. So. I know Payne likes to get some of the blame on that, especially after just hitting last year's draft. So I'm a little like, I don't know who should get most of the blame, but of course Payne has to get a good fair share of the blame because at the end of the day, he's the GM. He can get the the final call out of drafting who he wants. So, yeah. Horrible, horrible draft class all around. And I agree. I agree with J-Mac D minus for me. Um, I'm being, I'm being nice by not giving an yeah. F. The only reason <laughs> I'm not giving it an F is because Greg Dulce still has potential. And Damari Mathis had a solid rookie year. That's the only reason I'm not giving it an F. Dude, Montreal, you literally took a returner in the fifth round. The dude, like, wasn't even that polished of a receiver. Like, you literally took a, a player just to be a returner in the fifth round. Like, that's ridiculous he- to me. It's ridiculous. It, it, it's not ridiculous because, like, I'm going to say why that part wasn't ridiculous. It was just the fact of how hyped up they made the pick to be. Like, he was going to be an offensive weapon and hack it. We're going to use him in multiple ways. No, you're not. You're going to, like, if you're going to take a return, I feel like Montreal Washington would have been there, not even in the fifth round. You could have got him in the later rounds even if you wanted to. But then again, like, it's – you have to be contending to draft a just if you're gonna if you're like I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad yeah, at the 49ers true. if the 49ers took a pick 
solely based off of like they just need a returner and we're going to take a guy specifically for to be a return man that's one thing but when you're trying to build into when you're trying to be a contender you can't make risky draft picks like that especially a guy out of a small school no disrespect but just it was just a really it was a high risk pick and you just see that trend going a lot with george payton a lot of high risk picks dude like just watch, just watch. I'm calling it right now. We'll screen record this and we can come back to it. He's gonna ball on the Chiefs, just like Isaiah McKenzie went and balled out with the the, the Bills. Buffalo. He's gonna, he, the Chiefs are gonna. Andy Reid, are you are you kidding me? He's one of the best offensive geniuses of all time. He's gonna figure out a way to make. And he he averaged 11 yards per punt return on his first game with the Chiefs. So I mean, he's only gonna get better from here on out. I mean, Sam, I I feel like he's just gonna turn out to actually be something in Kansas City. Um, if not there, then you know somewhere else with you know Buffalo or the Rams or something like that, where they actually utilize them correctly. So, <laughs> I mean, but like you like you mentioned, you can't just be taking these gadget players on a team that is already lacking like receivers as it is. Like you got to draft like re- wide receivers, not like returners. So yeah. that's why to me it was ridiculous. Um, and like Hackett did play a factor. Don't get me wrong. So I don't know how much of that I really can put on George Payne. We're not in the war room, so we don't know like what specifically is going on. But like Jordan mentioned, I mean, when you have your head coach literally drafting players because of their hair, I think something's probably wrong, and the GM's approving it of it. I know, I know we're being sarcastic. That's not the reason he, he drafted him, but you get what I'm getting at. Like this was just like a clown, a duo of George Payne and Nathaniel Hackett. So, um. So we uh, we gave our grades on that class. Then the 2022 trade deadline, the Broncos traded outside linebacker Bradley Chubb and the 2025 fifth-round pick to the Miami Dolphins for a 2023 first-round pick, which was used for the Sean Payton trade, and also a 2024 fourth-round pick and running back Chase Edmonds. This is one of the best trades by George Payton in his tenure with the Broncos. Matt. Um, I, absolute robbery absolute robbery i know i know he's had a, a good start to the 2023 year but dude you got all that for bradley chubb damn yeah i'm not gonna lie like uh, when when the trade i remember like we we i didn't want to see chubb go just because i like i really love chubb but i mean we talked about his play um we talked about his play before he got moved and he's just the guy that He's just a guy that, like, he plays good, great with another edge rusher alongside of him. And when he was by himself, he just wasn't really much of a factor. But the fact that the Miami Dolphins gave up a first-round pick for Bradley Chubb and and gave us a player, I mean, talk about robbery at its finest. Just an absolute master class. I don't know how he pulled that. I don't know how he got a first-round pick for Bradley Chubb. He must have sold them a bill of goods. Maybe um, whoever the D.C. was last year for the Dolphins just clearly wasn't watching – or watching any film on him before they made the trade and just based off of his name. But just, I mean, w- what a trade because it ended up giving us Sean Payton. It gave us a first-round pick back for the just disastrous of a season that we were having up to that point. But, yeah, it was just a huge W for George Payton. Yeah, A-plus. I mean, I don't think this is much of a debate. It's A-plus. It a, people like to use this term fleece. It was a fleece. Yeah, And then uh, – the Broncos and New York Jets also had a deal. Uh, they had a 2024 fourth and fifth round pick swaps at the deadline for outside linebacker Jacob Martin, who is now on the Indianapolis Colts. Um, obviously, we know he didn't play. Uh, he, and honestly, he was being paid too much here in Denver, so he ended up getting cut in the offseason this year. Um, so easy move for the Broncos to cut him, but was not probably the best idea to trade for him. I know he was like a, a temporary replacement, um, but – Obviously didn't make much of an impact, so that was a dud of a trade. Um, then starting off with this year, the Broncos trade a 2023 first and 2024 second to the New Orleans Saints for a 2024 third and head coach Sean Payton. Um, obviously, we still love this move. It's one of the, the moves that kind of starts this. Um, and we can have this, t- this you know, conversation in future episodes but it starts like a, a good move towards like a potential rebuild in the future he's like one of the moves players that you know we can you know be a good starting point for your franchise um if they do you know decide to rebuild um ownership was mostly in charge of this move um however Peyton did play a part but i wouldn't put this all of this like on george Peyton and give him all the credit for making this move because i would actually credit a lot of greg penner because he did step in and he was the one interviewing sean Payton. it wasn't george Payton. so um there was even rumors that like george Payton wasn't there when like during some of the meetings when they're interviewing sean Payton. so this is an ownership thing and honestly for anybody that gives credit to george Payton for this 
I don't know. I would kind of disagree. I feel like uh, this is a Greg, Pe- Greg Penner masterclass. Yeah, um, and there was even reports saying that the guy that that George Payton wanted was Jonathan Gannon. And I think Jonathan Gannon's doing a great job in Arizona, but I don't know if he would have done just a similar job in Denver. Um, you know how I feel about the trade. Sean Payton was my dream head coach even before Hackett. When he decided to step away, I was just praying that he would want to come back into the coaching arena. And um, I'm just so glad he's our head coach. I don't care what we gave up for the for at that point. Me and Amir talked about it for so long up to when we got him, just how much we wanted him, and I still do. Like, I mean, you got. I, I want to just give the guy credit. Um, just real quick. I mean, he he's he's done his job since he's been. Regardless of what the record says, he came here to fix the offense and to build a new culture. And the culture part is still needs some work. But in terms of the offense part, he's done that even with just amounts of amounts of injuries to the offense. So I want to give him credit on that part. But George Payton, I believe, didn't really have much to do with the with the hiring itself. I mean, it's kind of a no brainer at the at. It's kind of a no brainer. I like to trade to begin with. I thought Sean Payton was always my dream coach for building a culture, for building a team just from scratch. He was always the guy, especially because I was, you know, big into Bill Parcells and I was one of his big mentors. So to this day, I still like it, even though we're 0-3 right now. It's still the right move. He's going to get this team back on track, the organization back on track. So I, I like the move. It was a good trade. Yeah, so going into the 2023 free agent uh, class, George Payton and Sean Payton collaborated. It's put together some pretty solid signings, I would say. I mean, we're only three games in the season. So, um, so far, guard Ben Powers signed – to a four-year, $52 million deal. And then uh, Mike McGlinchey signed to a five-year, five-year, $87.5 million deal. Um, Stidham signed to that two-year million dollar or two-year deal. Zach Allen on a three-year deal. Samaj Piran on a two-year deal. And then uh, special teams ace, Tremont Smith to a two-year deal. Um, tight end Chris Manhurts on a two-year deal. And then re-signing Alex Singleton on a three-year, $18 million deal. Um, I mean, some very interesting signing so far we've talked a lot about the Tremont Smith signing um and then the 2023 draft class only five selections uh due to the Russell Wilson and Champagne trades um they traded up for Marvin Mims Jr. in the second round selected Drew Sanders in the third round traded up for Riley Moss corner in the third round selected JL Skinner safety in the sixth round traded down to acquire tight end Adam Trotman in a pick swap with the Saints and then selected Alex Forsyth center in the seventh round. Overall, how did you grade this? Uh, was actually could it be his last off season as the Broncos, G, uh, Broncos GM? How would you grade George Payton's uh, off season in 2023? Might've been the best one. Just the, just based off the fact of like, you know, Deshaun Payton, but also just the you can see the improvement in the signings, like in terms of going after things that you need. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, yeah, we got the quarterback, but now it's like the offensive line. He he tried to make adjustments to the special teams, bringing in some guys. Obviously, the the, the Tremont Smith one just hasn't worked out at all, but um, we talked about that already. But I mean, the the, the draft class, it would to me, it's some gems in there. I definitely love the Marvin Mims pick. Um, the Alex Forsythe pick, I think it's going to be a good pick. I think I, I hope it's going to be a good pick because I don't know. About, I still I'm on the fence about Cushion Beer. He has a he's had a better bounce back season though. I will give him that. He hasn't played as bad as he had you know in his career up to this point. But um, I mean, I, just like what we went after, like we really emphasized blocking a lot in our signings. Brought back Alex Singleton, who had who was coming off a really good season. I mean, I can't really. I think, honestly, this may be George Payton as an overall just best offseason in terms of just – and it's really not even all George Payton because Greg Penner, uh, you know, put himself in the mix of this too. Like, the Sean ownership Payton put too. themselves – Yeah, Sean Payton right in the middle of it. And when you got – like, give Sean Payton – I'm giving Sean Payton a lot of the flowers and Greg Penner because we, yeah. we didn't really see this from George Payton. You know what I'm saying? We didn't really see him before going out and making these – big signings to, to address the offensive line and addressing special teams and addressing the rest of these hires. I'm going to give that most of that credit to Sean Payton and, and Greg Penner. But I mean, George Payton gets some of the credit because I'm pretty sure he did some of the work. So. Yeah. I, I mean, I liked, I liked the, the draft class. I liked everything about this off season actually that just happened. I mean, I think from going champagne draft class that they got, I think it's all going to work out. The offensive line even has improved with McGlinchey and Ben uh, Power. I mean, I know people are skeptical about like the, how much money they signed and all that, but 
at the end of the day, the offense has improved. The offensive line is improved, no matter how many people want to argue about the offensive line and its woes, but they still have done great, and it's been only three games. But I liked so far what this offseason has done. I don't know how much of it is on Peyton and how much is on Sean Payton. So we'll, I think time will tell on that. But in terms of the draft class, I think the draft class can be something special. And I think we all know that. Just time is going to have to tell with that. Yeah, and the 2023 record for the Broncos so far, 0-3. I mean, the defensive coordinator is on the hot seat now. Um, has been on the hot seat, and fans are calling for a tank. So, I mean, that just shows yeah. what the ripple effect has been of the last three years with uh, George Payton here. And it just sucks, man. And ultimately, that leads us to our last thing, uh, last you know, topic of subject of the episode is our verdict. Do you think George Payton has failed Broncos country up to this point? And do you think he should be on the hot seat? And let's say the Broncos missed the playoffs this year, which is looking, I hate to say it, but it's looking pretty likely. Do you think George Payton should be fired? I'm going to keep it um, just straight honest. I think yes. I think just because of the hirings. And I think that I think that they're not going to blame him a lot for the Vans Joseph, but I just think on top of that, just the like the input of it, um, like that, he wasn't, you know, he didn't, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know if he was against it or not. I know Sean Payton hired his staff, um, but still, I think George, George Payton still has some say in it. Like, I, I, I he still has some say in it. He still okayed it. Um, and then just on top of the Hackett, I think it's been a failure because the Hackett one was all him. If you nail that hiring, if you nail that coaching staff right off the bat, I don't think we're in this predicament. And I think George Payton's job is safe. But just like, just the it's just also like a little number of signings and signings and extensions that he's done um and just like it's just a lot of things like especially the melvin gordon thing i think ownership is still i know i'm still looking at that as just the what 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 were you thinking bringing him back for the years that you did yeah. um and just the, just hirings all around the board the special teams just uh, it's like a lot of areas haven't improved of the team that a new gm would think to improve like even though chicago was still a, a a terrible team. The, their new GM came in and addressed some problems right off the bat. Made signings to fix the offensive line. Made signings. Made trades to fix the wide receiver room and draft picks to fix that. George Payton has done it. It's just like the offensive line just didn't. It, it just now was getting fixed year three. I mean, the special teams really still hasn't been fixed. I mean, it's getting fixed. Marvin Mims looks really good in yeah. the. It, it looks better, but it, it's taken three years for this. And I think that's when you're going to look at it all, just the amount of time that it's taken to fix things that really shouldn't take that long, man. And then on top of that, the egregious and just how bad the hirings were, just how historically bad and comical that the hirings were for the offense and the defense side of the ball in back-to-back years makes it just – it makes it at an all-time worse. So, yeah, I think the verdict is that George Payton – if we miss the playoffs or we lose, if we don't at least have a winning record by the end of the season, I think George Payton has to go. And it, 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 it's going to look like, man, well, what did he do? He brought in Russ. He brought in Sean Payton. He did those things. Like, I'm not saying that he didn't, but it's everything else. Like, like if like an analogy, like if you have two, like if you go home with a report card and you got two A's, but the rest are F's, did you have a good year? No, you didn't. So. That's a good point. Oh. I mean, off of that, I think uh, George Payne is not only is he on the hot seat, which is like a guarantee, but I think he won't be back after the season. I think no matter what, if I'm being quite honest, I think Sean Payne wants to run his own ship. I think if they do bring in the GM and not make uh, Payne like his own GM, I think he, the GM is going to have to be aligned with Sean Payne and everything he wants to do. So, Again, I'm not saying that George Payne and Sean Payne are not aligned right now, but I think Sean Payne wants full control of the roster, like full, just full control of everything at this point, which I don't blame him. He comes from that Bill Parcells tree, so that, that's kind of how they operate. And I'd give the keys right over to Sean Payne if that's the case. So just I know there's a lot of negative going on with the Broncos. I still trust Sean Payne. I'll always trust Sean Payne. I trust his ownership too. Thank that's a good building block to to start off on. They're gonna spend as much money as they want to, you know, get back on the right track. And Champagne knows what he's doing, so the future is bright for the Broncos. It may not look now because we just suffered fifty point loss, but 
I guarantee you the future is bright for Sean Payton and his ownership group. So my thing is like, why why was he not just like fired when Sean Payton came here in the first place? Because like a lot of these moves, this offseason, the draft, everything, these were like Sean Payton moves. And I know George Payton helped out a lot with like the defensive type decisions, like trading up for Riley Moss and those players. I don't know. It's just like to me, if you're going to fire him next offseason, he should have. We're talking about the reasons he should be fired is because of 2021 and 2022. It's not because of 2023. I mean, J Mac said it best. This was his best year as GM, but that's getting so glorified because of Sean Payne and Greg Penner. So he did. I mean, he deserved to be fired as soon as Sean Payne got here. So my kind of thought process is like, He's only here simply because it would have been a bad look for Champagne to just come here and have him fired like right away. Because there's even rumblings about that, like from Benjamin Albright and certain people early in the offseason that like he, he wants him. Ryan. Yeah, he didn't want Champagne. He wants like Ryan Poles and like other people that are were a part of his organization with the Saints. And that they're in like those co-GM roles, the VP player personnel and all that. So he's already eyeing other people. And I don't know. It's just to me like he should have just been let go in the first place for being honest. Give that, that GM he wants like a, that extra year of, um, you know, experience. So I don't know. It's an interesting situation and the Broncos are likely like you guys, both of you guys said are going to be in the running for a, another GM, the, the third different GM in like six years, something like that. I mean, the fact that the Broncos franchise has gone this downhill this quickly is just absolutely insane to me. Um, never in a million years that I think we would actually be starting the season 0-3 and talking about wanting to fire the DC this quickly, <laughs> wanting to tank for Caleb Williams, wanting to hire a new GM, fire the GM. Like, this is crazy. It's like it's like basically a, a firestorm right now. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. Well, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that we we're going to have to find a GM. Maybe our GM is in the building right now. Did Darren Muji, maybe? Uh, I'm thinking Sean Payne wants to be the GM as well, like a Bill Belichick type. Like Bill's That's... the GM for the Patriots and the head coach. I think Sean Payne would want that type of control and ownership. Cause... Yeah, because at the end of the day, like if he's making the decisions, then he might as well take that role, like like and you're saying, like Bill Belichick. He has a good eye for Tyler. I mean, I, I mean, at least I would say so. I mean, he's only like one of the greatest coaches of all time. I mean, I would have to look through everything, but I mean – from at least the outside looking in right now without doing any research, I, I would trust his judgment and being a GM. I mean, he will, I don't think he would have the day-to-day stuff a GM would have, but in terms of like roster management and like all of that, I think he'd do a pretty good job. And I think just in okay. my opinion, he would have that control if he wants to. And I think it would get to that point. I mean, on that point, like I kind of agree and disagree just because that hasn't really worked. Like, like you could say Belichick's done it, but Belichick hasn't. Belichick, I mean, I don't know. They're, they're two different people. Maybe it'll work with Sean because he can draft. He drafts better than Belichick. But, I mean, I don't know. Just in the history, that really hasn't worked. It really ends bad. But, um, I mean, I wouldn't hate it. Just because Sean Payton does, like you said, he has a good eye for talent. And you have a good eye for talent, you can make a lot of things work. So, Yeah, me personally, I would not. I would not be, like, mad by it but i would i don't think that's the way to go i would per, i have a lot of faith in champagne i'm even admitting that i would rather take all that pressure off of him and bring in someone that's actually like really qualified aligned. for the job he's aligned yeah with like, like they're on the same page they start they start from you know start to finish it's not like a george Payton or excuse me champagne coming in and cleaning up with what george Payton already messed up like they're on the, from day one they are working together and they're building this team from the bottom up like, I think that's the way, the direction that they should be headed in. Um, I wouldn't want to see Sean Payton take over that whole, like the whole, you know, not the whole front office, but take over the GM, the head coach and play calling. I mean, that's a lot to put on his shoulders. And I sure don't want to hand over play calling to Joe Lombardi. So um, I think, yeah, I think you got to find someone that's qualified for the job. And I think there are candidates out there. And I think um, this, the ownership, Sean Payton, they they know where to the find a guy find the right guys. So um I'm I'm honestly I'm kind of excited for like the future in terms of who they bring in, who Sean Payton can align with, and what the ownership can do with that type of money. And they're they're kind of like I 
because so far the ownership has been pretty solid i would say like for the most yeah, part right because like, they got hired they got hired after nathaniel hackett so none of that's on them that was a george payton thing so i mean if they were here that would not have, that hire would have not been made and greg penner man he's a i mean he's a tough sob man i'll say here like he he came in he's a dog man he he wants shit to be done the right way he wants to actually stop making this a losing franchise and i think honestly and I, that's where it leads to my verdict this hurts to say because i was such a big george payton stan um but i was kind of fooled i think the right decision to having a brighter future is moving on from george payton next offseason don't make that move obviously in season it wouldn't make any sense but i think a good move starting off would be in january um go ahead and uh having george payton pack his bags yep I'm, I agree. I think it's about that time, man. Well, yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough, but honestly, just looking in hindsight, very very questionable moves. Constantly bringing in injury injury prone players. Granted, Gregory seems to be one of the most mind boggling signings, and any anybody can you know say that I'm over exaggerating, but pass rush is so important in the NFL. Getting pressure on the quarterback, and Randy Gregory has been a dud of a signing, and he's just not on the field, like. The, the start of the season it is so underwhelming. Like well, he's had one sack, and I don't think he's I don't think he's that great in my opinion. Well, right. did you see that he? Did you see his uh his box score for yesterday's game? Randy, Gregory? I could care. I could care less. Well, honestly, it, there is he. There's nothing on right, his right? name. There, there's nothing on his name. Like he, it looked it's like no he proof that play. even like was. It, it's no proof that he was even at a Hard Rock. Yeah, his health is scratched. It's zeros across the board. That's pretty embarrassing. Man, I just it's just like I said, man, week one he talked more than like for someone that talked a lot like him, bro. You don't back up nothing. You don't. Like and George Payne was so high on that signing too. And I just never understood it from the beginning. And that's the first of many, many other signings and many draft picks that just have you sit there scratching your head. Um yeah, I'm I'm just not mo- too moved by what he's done here in Denver. Uh, we praised him so much at the beginning of his tenure with the, that great 20 with 21 uh, class. Very solid for the most part. Bringing in Russell Wilson, we we still agree with that trade. Um, but yeah, looking in hindsight, I think there's better candidates out there. And like I said, um, I feel very strongly that we need to find someone that you know comes in here from day one and works with Sean Payton, get building this team from the ground up. And honestly, we'll save this for a future episode. But if the Broncos... I'm gonna. I'll go ahead and say it now. I think if the Broncos lose a Sunday, they need to begin a rebuild. I hate to say it. I might get hate for this, but I think they need to begin a rebuild and start tearing the team apart. Yeah, you can't lose like, to the Bears. If the Bears week, right? Yeah, it's the Bears this week. Yeah, I don't if, think if, we. If, if, I don't think we'll lose, but I just look. I said it. I don't think we can win a game with Vance Joseph as our DC. I'm gonna just be completely honest. I know we're playing the word. People are saying we're worse than the Bears. We're not worse than the Bears. At least I hope so. Um, but I, I, I honestly just don't think Vance Joseph, like I, uh, Ice Trav said it best. Vance Joseph couldn't stop a blind kid from running across the football field. He can't. <laughs> He's not like. Shout out to Ice Trav for that quote. Vance Joseph, I don't trust him to stop anybody on any given Sunday. So I, me personally, I don't think we can beat the Chicago Bears, wow. even though they just dropped 41 to 0 to the Chiefs, whatever the, the 41 to 6, whatever the final score was. <laughs> I just honestly, but DJ Moore might have a legacy game on us, and Justin Fields might have the game. The Bears, the Bears are just praying for anything at this point because the week after the week they had, man, I don't know, man. I just don't really see us winning a game. I don't. I've never heard of that. That that's a a new one. I, it's a unique. Unique one. I, I'm, I'm mind boggled by that. Um, <laughs> but if we lose, I mean, you can't lose to the Bears. We're facing against the worst quarterback in the league, and you can't. Can you, if you if we give up more than thirty points, to season's over. The Bears. It, it's time to seriously start firing <laughs> a lot of people. You can't can't give up points against that offense. That that offense is can't be any worse. But. We'll we'll see how Vance Joseph. I, I know they're gonna have a great practice on Wednesday because that's usually usually that's his thing. So <laughs> we'll see, man. I'm just I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of the the constant uh, trolling that's been going on, especially because Denver's such an iconic franchise. It's gotten to this point, and it's gotten to this point because of the lack of just success that 
George Payne has had so far as a GM. And I think you made a great point, J-Mac, with the report card uh, uh, quote that you had. Like, he had that really good <laughs> draft class. He got, like, two A's, but then he has all of the F's. It's like, yes. it, it, it really signifies really George Payne because, I, listen, I thought George Payne is good. I, I still like him now, but when you look back and, re- like, evaluate everything, you can't praise him for having two A's and five F's. So Yeah, it's – it's and not that he's had two A's, four F's, and all P's and U's in conduct. Just an absolute, I mean, it's just, it's been all bad, man. Like, it just, it's been, like I said, the, the bad is outweighing the good. And when that, when it's, it's outweighing the good so much, like you're on three to start the season. And we're actually talking about us maybe being underdogs to the Bears, the Chicago Bears, these Chicago Bears. Like, I don't have faith in us even beating a Nathaniel Hackett and Zach Wilson duo. Garrett, I don't I don't believe like I feel like these next two games are two teams that are just praying for anything to go right. Oh well, I, look, man, I, I got good news for Bears fans and Jets fans. You waiting for something to go right? Van Joseph is coming to town. He's coming to town. That is is is, is, is what y'all need, man. Or we can be two and three heading into Arrowhead Stadium or, on Thursday night. And get embarrassed again on national television. See, but, but I'm I'm trying to end on a positive note and then <laughs> <laughs> bro just t- Took all the positivity out of that. Oh, my goodness. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed our great uh, hour of a show. Um, If you guys are listening on YouTube, make sure you guys uh, hit the like button and subscribe. Uh, If you're listening over there, make sure you guys hit the sub button. um, Help us get a 2K sub. Turn notifications on so you never miss an episode of the Broncos Avenue podcast. Please leave a comment below. Let us know your feedback. We always love reading your comments. Um, You guys went crazy on our uh, episode last night. um, So please... Uh, let us know um, down below. And uh, if you're listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, make sure you guys hit the follow button as well. Hit the five-star rating. Um, but with that being said, I'm your host, Amir, with my co-host, J-Mac and Jordan. Until the next episode, peace out, everybody. Peace.